0: We probably sound like zombies because we've hiked and i've got three <laughs> hours of sleep for six days and then i did get seven today so good deal well we haven't did one in a while we've been busy we haven't been sitting around playing video games we just got done with the first week we're with walker what's up and jay how's it going so these are both guys everybody knows walker from the last podcast jay's a not a new guide, but he's a new guide for us. We're going to tell about our first week of hunting. My first day wasn't very good. We I did two hunts in one day. My guy was like, I was like, I'll test him out. We'll do a little hike, check off some ground, and I called in a hunter. We're hunting in the northwest. It's big country. You we brag about not running into people, and there we are the first day. Here comes a dude be bopping up through the woods, sneaking into me doing a little cow calling. I knew he was in the area because I saw his truck down there. So I absolutely was not bugling. I'm as quiet as the elk when them jokers are in the woods because not everybody is very realistic sounding. And I was just trying to creep by them and not say much. But in case there was a bull lurking down off in the cliffs, I figured I would just do a little cow calling as we bumped through that country. And they evidently covered more ground than what I expected them to. And there they were. So my hunter's looking at me like, oh, my goodness. I've had two disappointing hunts in Colorado. It's a DIY, seen dudes everywhere. And it was very obnoxious, he said, for him to even hunt down there. And then I'm telling him how great it is, and not good. So we hell hiked, and then we checked an area where we have a great big bull that's been, like, bothering us for years we've been trying to kill. So we were bumping through some of the areas he was at. We called in a, a bull to 35, and he brushed up. And stopped, and the wind was swirling. He bolted out of there, but run into a wolf. Right on. Yep. Um, snuck up the ridge and heard some noise rustling, and this thing was hunting ground squirrels, and it was moving around on the ridge, like sniffing out where all these ground squirrels had been, and we tried to get a shot on it, but it was no boy, bueno. Those things are highly intelligent. Yeah, we got to are. 40 yards, <laughs> and... It had us peg locked and was staying in the thickest (laughs) stuff possible trying to get out.
1: They know what's going on all the time.
0: Yeah. So we, we actually seen some more. The elk never left out of there. Even everybody says all the wolves run them off, which that thing was hunting ground squirrels. And the elk were in there, but they were quiet because some dudes had come in from the other side, actually, and were in there fooling around. So we bugged out of there.
2: Yeah, my first day, I think we did a total of 11 miles. But but ended up bumping some cows and a bull. The cows ran over the hill, but the bull hung out. I challenged buggering him, which wasn't the smartest thing to do. But I kind of panicked, I think, and I was
0: rim but, fire EOC. Yeah,
2: just trying to get him to stop because he was only 40 yards, and he come in. He was breaking a tree, and he took a couple steps towards us. I thought he was gonna come in closer, but he did not. And then he turned around, ran over the hill, and then we hiked think two more miles up the mountain dropped down on this huge flat bench and I ended up calling in two hunters
0: as well. Jay you were over what were you hunting?
1: Uh east side breaky country um got some E. coli (laughs) (laughs) but I'm feeling good now the antibiotics are working I, I hope. I had a awesome little break before the season started. Spent some time scouting um For my elk tag that I had and got into them the first couple days and then I decided to camp back where they were just kind of try to be ahead of them the problem we were having most of the time was finding a water source I ended up drinking out of a cow pond you know filtering it not thinking anything of it the next day was 106 degrees I wasn't doing good (laughs) to to say the least Um, got really sick uh, my, my buddy actually had to carry my backpack out for me. It was a scary situation. Uh, ready to go for this week. Um, Great
0: start to the week. Yeah. I'm going to lay it out. Usually the first week is kind of a lot of wallow setting, kind of letting the elk aren't ready to do anything. They've been bugling around pretty good, but you have to be tight in on them. The big bulls are kind of laying off because the cows aren't really in heat. Raghorns are playing grab ass and... We've been picking on them all week. Since Walker got to shoot first with his client, we'll let him tell his story.
2: Sorrow Ridge, heartbreak. My client is probably one of the be- better clients I've ever had as far as hiking. Pretty good shot. I knew we could find bulls because he could cover ground. Walked up this mountain. I don't even, it took a long time. I don't remember how many miles it was, like six or seven up. We didn't get to the top to where we could start really hunting. I mean, you could hunt like, you know, peel off right or left a little bit on little tiny knobs. Uh, I think we got in there at about one o'clock. We were both beat, so we just ate lunch. The elk sign kept getting heavier and heavier, more fresh. Did not hear any bugles at all, and I seen some really fresh poop. Like, there was, if it was cold, there would have been steam coming off it, and I just cow called one time, and then there was this little tiny raghorn squeal within, I don't know how far it was, probably within 100. I would say, and I looked back at my client, and I was like, crawl up around me, get on this knob. So that way, you, if they don't come over the knob, you can still shoot them if they try to circle left or right. So I pulled back behind them, 60 yards. The wind was good, it was blowing to the left. A spike comes up. I just gave him a nice little chuckle and a little squealy bugle. The spike come in. He said like three or four or five yards or something. About got run over by it. I couldn't see it. The big bull come. I heard him walking to the left of him because he was going to try to check the wind. So I kind of circled out to the right to try to pull him into him a little bit more. He drawled. The spike ran. So the other bull didn't know what was going on. So it turned around and started walking away, but it was 10 yards quartering away. And he shot it, and then a run down. Into the huckleberry brush down off the mountain. I don't know how far. just
0: Disappointment. Old yeah. Sorrow Ridge. Yep. Uh, they went, and you guys looked for that bull for two days. Yep. And Walker did not know it, but I knew because his friend had to keep it a secret. not A secret, but not really. He didn't want a lot of people to know. But he was, that was his first time shooting at an animal with a bow and arrow. Yeah, that's crazy. Pretty impressive. Wow. Good composure. dude. They, they're hunters. I mean, they come from, they hunt a lot of the Dolly Sods, West Virginia country. They Mount Storm. they That's the area that they live from. There's a lot of Mount. A lot of mountain country, 5,000 footers, rock slides. I mean, Yep. for the east, it's pretty rugged. I have a story similar that Walker gave me some information. I listened to his story whenever <laughs> yeah. he uh, got into his bull, and I have like an arch nemesis on this. I was pretty confident I knew where that bull bugled from. So I marched up in there the following day with... My client and I could smell bull down in below us, and it was nasty. And you could see where he was raking up everywhere, just pee like a barnyard. I'm deaf in my left ear, I guess from doing this (laughs) a whole bunch of times, shooting and whatnot. They said a cow called down over the ridge, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm sure." A lot of birds chirp, and by the end of the week, they're wanting to hear (laughs) bugles and elk in every which direction. So I actually pulled back, and I bugled. A bull responded, and we got into a pretty good little calling match that bull also tried to cut over the ridge on us and get our wind and i cut a half moon back around my client the bull turned started coming right at my client And he's coming up through the manzanilla brush. When he got to where he could see his antlers coming up through, he drew his bow and the bull kept coming up through him and stopped when he got up to the crest of the hill so he could look into the calling setup. By that time, he is 20 under. He let one fly into the front. We thought it was honestly a sealed deal. Usually when you smoke that front, and this guy was a shooter, I figured it was game over. So we pulled back and we sat for an hour and 40 minutes. Went down over and I found a broken arrow that was nine and a half inches deep on the bull. And I did not like that. And being it's the first week, it is kind of hot and you can get some meat spoilage. But I thought it would be way better to cut off some meat that might be spoiled around the sockets than to go jumping a bull and running him off and not recovering, period. Yep. We go back in the next day, a whole team of us, because Walker's guy had shot not super far from there. And my guy had shot and they had come together. So we went and we scoured with six guys, grid it, replayed the scenario. We did find blood and took it for 200 yards and then tracked the bull for another 500 out the trail. And to make things worse, (laughs) when we went into the woods that day, we broke a couple sticks. A bull bugled almost in the same daggum spot from where we had shot from. And I was like, yeah, no way. The bull we shot had nine inches of penetration in the chest. With a good arrow set up, it's going to be in the boil maker. We're going to find it in 200 yards, and we're just going to have to climb up there to find it. But nope, I'm 100% confident after seeing what I saw. The arrow hit that sternum and deflected that arrow one way or the other. I tracked the bull for long enough. He was jumping blowdowns and walking, and then jumping the blowdowns, not scared, gathered back up with cows. There was tracks all through everything where they had fooled around last night. And uh they're tough as hell. Yeah, very mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, they are. So, on wounded animals, it it's sickening. It's sickening for the animal. I have a ton of respect for them, for one. And most of the time, they wouldn't be putting a shot off if we wouldn't have did the tricking. And you feel responsible mainly yeah. for doing it. I mean, I do. And Walker has been like heart broke, gut sick, yeah. miserable <laughs> about it. And uh, we did a lot of talking yesterday. And uh, it's it's, like a ha- it's hard, it's like a bittersweet as a guy because you did your job for 100%. I mean, you feel like super pumped that you called a bull in, the guy got a shot, it was a perfect opportunity, just the shot placement wasn't there. So you cannot fault yourself for doing anything, you did your job. Jay, has that ever happened to you?
1: Yes, it has. Um, I've been in situations where I've, you know, stalked in on elk and – you know, had it play out perfectly where I was anchored and had a perfect shot, and the confidence level was all the way there, very calm, shoot, and chaos happens. You know, you think your arrow landed on its mark. Then you spend the rest of the day just trying to find a drop of blood, and you can't figure out, you know, what happened. Start doubting yourself, and it, it, I mean, it really sucks. You know, like like you said, you know, you spend so much time and effort to get up to that point, and you have it right there, and you let it you let it slip away. I mean, yeah. and it really sucks, and you feel bad for the animal because you know you put a put an arrow into it. I know all of us here. You know, we're not gonna leave any you know stone unturned. We're gonna look. You wear it out to the point where he's either dead in a hole
0: somewhere. Or Dalton's bull is dead. We're confident. Yeah. Sad to say, there'll be no meat recovery. Hopefully, from us scouring around, we made some promises we'd go back in that country on our off time and uh, tote that boy's rack out. Yep. I find most of the time they're still alive. They're, yeah. Those son of a guns are so tough. It's unreal. We killed a bull last year in rifle that was shot through the face and it's on our Facebook and stuff with a bow and arrow. <laughs> and it had been in there for years and yep. calciumed over. And that bull was, the only thing you could tell was wrong with him is, he had a gurgly bugle, which was gnarly sounding. Yeah. They're like the freaks on the mountain. They're so hard to hunt. And yeah. you finally get that opportunity, which you wear out so many boots to do it. And it's there, and then you're only halfway there. Good you know. deal. So that was, Walker, that was your first arrow into a bull. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned that.
2: No, that was my first uh, shot fired at a bull.
0: Yep, you've called in plenty of bulls, yep. but just hunting scenarios, didn't the clients didn't get to pull the shot off. and uh,
2: I was pretty fired up. All the first, because I'm kind of new at the whole guiding thing, interests me a lot. I want to hear your first uh, called-in bull as a guide, Jay.
1: Right on. So I think it was like 2014 or 15 in the Bob Marshall Wilderness
0: my first time playing in the big boys
1: yeah we were pretty deep you know wall tents horses all that type of stuff um you know still pretty green to all of it but i go up with my two clients they were truthfully nightmare clients you know when you get two older gentlemen that are completely out of shape can't hike you know a quarter mile in the entire day that's you know you're looking at them like this is going to be a tough hunt yeah we ride up to the top of the mountain Just about get to the tie-off spot, I turn around to look at my clients, and the first guy is falling off the front of his horse. Falls on the ground, I jump off, grab him, kind of help him get up, stop his horse, and I look behind him, and the second guy is falling off backwards off his horse. (laughs) (laughs) So they were fine, got the situation under control, tied up the horses, thinking to myself, if this is what guiding is, I really don't know if I want to do it.
0: (laughs) So you want to be an elk guide. Yeah,
1: exactly. So get the horses tied up. We start making our way to the top of the ridge, heading out, find some really fresh elk sign, you know, the green, almost slimy crab. So you know you're in them. Which way was the dimple going? (laughs) (laughs) Out towards the ridge. So we followed that way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's a Um, guide tip. Exactly. Um, Get out to the ridge. I pull out my, my Primos, you know, power bugle, basically, oh, right, yeah. you know, with the band. I'm, I'm so nervous at this point. It's just, you know, I've called in bulls before, and, you know, I've, I've shot one with my bow up to that point. And we're, we're rifle hunting here. Um, you can rifle hunt. the I think September 15th is the opener in the, in the wilderness there. So anyways, rip out a bugle. It sounds terrible because I'm so nervous. <laughs> And my client looks at me, he's like, that's so cool. And, you know, I'm like, this guy has no idea <laughs> at all.
0: Outfitter took care of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: uh, so, I, you know, I'm sitting there listening, rip another bugle off, and right below us, a bull rips off. So I'm, I'm pumped up. I kind of get these guys set up. I, I start pulling up the hill, rip off another bugle, and next thing I know, there's a bull behind me coming down the scree he's just over the top of the knoll so he can't see me and he's charging right down in so I sprint back down to my clients grab the one turn him around and I point right to where the bull is at 80 yards you know like right there and the dude pulls up and shoots the thing right in the head and drops it <laughs> I was fired up. <laughs> it yeah. was it was nuts. And, and, I mean, I was so excited. <laughs> I got on the radio, call a Packer in, you know, within like two seconds, right, because the bull's down. And all I could say on the radio was, I did the thing. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they come over like, what are you talking about? And I just yell, bull down, you know, and start
0: screaming. <laughs> yeah. A couple of tears shed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I still shed one even after the shot on, on my goal So. And that's, like, years into it. Do you still get choked up whenever they...
1: Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, you put in your heart and soul to it, and when you get it done, it feels right. Never <laughs> lose it. Shot it in the head, yeah. Killed it dead. He was pumped. That was his first, like, branch antler bowl. He'd shot, you know, a raghorn before that. Did it that. stone it? Like, Oh, yeah, just down. <laughs> I used to, he literally shot it in between the eyes. Wow. <laughs> he, he said that's what he was aiming for. Um, what? Yeah. Oh I. It, like, it was. It was... You know, broadside, I could see it clear as day, and, I mean, looking right at us, and shot right in the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. No. He, he, you know, old-timer from, you know, Quorum. He really didn't care. He was just there to shoot something and
0: kill it. Hold up. So, was that with a rifle or a bow? That was with a rifle. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He said that. He said yeah, it was pay attention. Rifle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to put in my own brain. I was like Bob Marshall Wilderness. Okay, um, that's why Walker and I are looking at each other. Yeah. Walker no, thought no, that no, it was no. a bow too. I did yeah. too.
1: Yeah, September 15th is the rifle opener for that that unit. It's 150.
0: Yeah, yeah that's awesome.
2: I was looking up at the mount on the wall. I can happen. <laughs> 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 so I never got to hear your first time calling in a bull. My first time.
0: Yeah. I. Th- Got lucky my first time that I called in a bull. Went around a ridge, and I literally bugled every 500 feet. Bulls bugled a lot and screamed from canyon to canyon. Nowadays, they do a lot of that low-caliber bugling with their cows that can only be heard in that herd or within a couple hundred yards. And uh, they just don't go screaming way off due to wolves and hunting and everybody having calls now. But I was bugling the hell out of that thing the whole way out around there. And a bull come in like on a string. And I had two brothers. And they actually, one swapped out from the other and cut him off. And it didn't go over well. But they shot the bull, and they hit it high up underneath the spine. and actually cut that main artery in the bull and went 60 yards and died. Wow. <laughs> I was like, man, this is like turkey hunting on steroids. Yeah. I'm going to kill this. And that was, that was the only other bull I saw in archery season. <laughs> I just probably, I educated everything the rest of the year. But right. I would do anything to rewind the clock and take what I know about elk hunting and calling now and play those bulls back then it would have been epic but i do want to take my phelps bugle with me and all my new calls yeah yeah <laughs> the old homemade <laughs> wiffle ball bats and tied cut off handles so you had a cool little turn turn deal to get the direction change on the sound when walker and i were talking about that and that kind of was neat like i'm talking 2004s and uh everybody all the guides made their own oh, you would use a sleeve off of an old worn out shirt and Sew so the ends down and do all this little special stuff. So it, that part was kind of cool. Yeah. Now everybody just rocks the same ones. You can't beat the production Phelps metal ones. So if you're going to play Pinecone Derby, get by the plastic That's ones. That's right. <laughs>
1: I feel like if you want to fend off a bear, get the metal one.
0: Yeah. Well, I do have a good story about this. So I was, people at a sports show, I had my bugle tube always sitting. Let me lay this out. Bugle tube on the counter because everybody is blowing them damn duck calls and all the turkey calls going on, so I'd blow the bugle every once in a while just to give them some noise back. And somebody asked, what is that? And I was like, that's for beating off grizzly bears. Well, the new Phelps ones have a twist-on cap that come off, so I act like I was going to swing and, like, hit something, and the daggum bugle tube went flying <laughs> out to a crowd of people. So. That's My <laughs> it's,
2: it's mind's taped on now. Yeah,
0: yeah we, we had a bugling competition, which I don't know how I didn't win that. I didn't know that we could do any bugle at all, but whatever.
1: What, when was this?
0: You, got, you send a picture. Morgan, put yours on there. I don't know how. The video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Jay would like a rematch, and I second that. We're going to do another one. So go to the Facebook, and we're going to do, do another bugle session because, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't like losing.
1: I'm oh, in. Kay.
0: Yeah, and especially because we didn't even have a guide beat us wow. this is the worst part. Yeah, that's that's a... the kick in the balls. A packer. A packer whipped out his bugle tube, and everybody voted on Facebook. And, and Ross Russell, if you're out there, I'm so disappointed that my hero didn't vote for me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm sorry, and I'm ending uh, with that. Let's do some closing stats.
2: Closing stats.
0: How many miles did you hike this week?
2: 69.
0: How many miles you? Oh, crap. 69. <laughs> I'm serious. You Me and rounded ben. up or down <laughs> <Me and Ben. laughs> just to get to that number, White Knife.
2: Nope. I think it's 69 and a half to be exact. Last year, we did 79 and a half. The first day? Yeah. No, the first week. First week, yeah. Yeah. But we did do one day of wallow sitting because we needed to recover.
0: How many miles do you hike? I don't know. I didn't turn my tracker on. We did Um, 12 yesterday, 12 and a half,
2: looking for that bull.
0: I did a lot. I can walk fairly good, and my feet felt like someone took a baseball bat to the bottom of them and beat (laughs) them down. My ankles were swollen the size of softballs every day.
2: only thing that hurt on me was my knees. My knees
0: were hurting pretty bad. Yeah. um, I'm young. Jay wasn't here last week, but we'll get his stats next week. I think it's safe to say everyone hiked between 50 to 70 miles. Yep. We had five guys in camp, two bulls shot at, one at 30 yards, which was a pass. One guy left three days early, and another one called in to 50 yards and didn't want to take the shot because it wasn't ethical. So we had a pretty good week.
2: Josh was penetrated by a pine stob. A couple elk were penetrated by arrows. And now our camp's getting penetrated by a fire.
0: Oh, here we go. I did see my life. And I'm terrible about walking poles. <laughs> and the bark slipped off of a pole, and there was a blowdown that had, had all these, like, spear points sticking up on it. And I threw myself backwards, and one dang near got me in the old bum hole. <laughs> <weed. laughs> I actually bled a little bit. It's, it's tender right now. It's very tender, so... Yeah, very good week. This is us, and we'll holler at you next week. We we'll probably have all the guides on here, but they're running around gathering up.